What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What up? This bus down. You are now tuned in to Nolazine TV. Yeah! Let's do it. Let's go. So tell everybody, I'm like, where you from? Well, you know, I'm 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 from the West Bank side of New Orleans. You know, I'm you know from a railroad. You know, that's I mean, I live in Texas right now, but you know that that's where that, that's why I came of age. That's that's my stomping grounds to, to this very day. The whole West Bank, whole West Bank, baby. Yeah, I'm yeah. playing Harvard right now. Yeah, I always I always got love from Harvard all the time. I'm sitting here with Courtney right now. You know what I'm saying? Yo, we got Courtney in the building, damn. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Yes, sir. I said, let's get it fully started. So, growing up for you, like, who influenced you to actually become a music artist? Well, you know, it 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 really started in terms of hip hop. It started with with Sugar Hill Gang, of course, Rappers Delight, 1979. But the artists who um you know, really inspired me to wanna to wanna get into hip hop was Gregory D. You know, with Buck Jump Time, and um, and Warren Mays with Get It Girl. They were the ones that showed me you you could be from here, and and you could rock out, and your people will support you. You know, and and what I learned from that was you know what was consistent with both of them is is their songs were party tracks. In New Orleans has always been a party oriented spot, and and they catered to that. And so I kind of, you know, took the baton from them, so to speak, and, and rocked out with Put Your Ballads On, which was a party track as well. Okay. So, like, Put Your Ballads On. Yeah. So, like, how did you come up with it? And also, when you was in the studio singing it, did you have a pair of ballads around, around that time? I'm going to be honest with you, man. I, You know, when I first did the song, I ain't had no ballads. I didn't. And, and well, it was so funny, man, because the first time I ever performed that song was in a, I opened up for Jeffrey Osborne. And um, and I, I, I did Put Your Ballads On with a pair of Nike Cortez on. But nobody <laughs> called me out on it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, when I, when the song finally did hitting, when, when, it, when, when, it, when it got some traction, yeah, of course, I started doing gigs and then I, I started buying Buku Ballads at that point. But it was kind of like, you know, I, I spoke it into existence. Okay. So, like, actually tell us, like, which was your first song? Like, Nasty Bitch, Pop That Thing, or uh, Put Your Ballads On? Well, Nasty Bitch was first, but I hadn't released it. Okay. I used to perform Nasty Bitch in the gong shows, you know. That's kind of lost in the history of hip-hop in New Orleans, the entertainment period in New Orleans, the gong shows. You know, Bobby Marchand... The, the Magnetic Band, mm -hmm. The Social, The Phoenix, The Other Side, Mr. B's, you know, um, Killer Man Gyros, you know, and later even at Flirts. These, the, Bobby Marchand would take the gong show 
to, to all of these different spots on different nights, packed the house. And so I became a mainstay there, you know, you know, along with other artists like, you know, um, um, Ange Angela Bell, um, Willie O'Derrick. And um, so I would perform Nasty Bitch at the gong shows. And it was funny, man, because, you know, everybody would do different songs, but I would do Nasty Bitch every single time. So one time um, it was it was Christmas Eve. And, and everybody came together and they said, hey, boss, Bobby Marchand said, hey, boss, now I'm sorry, man. You know, I know you do Nasty Bitch every night, but, um, you know, we're doing Christmas songs tonight. So you got to figure it out. Man, I got up there and did Merry Christmas, Nasty Bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was performing Nasty Bitch in the gong show. So by the time I released it as a record, a lot of people in the city already knew about it. But I knew Nasty Bitch was was not a radio song. There was no way you could edit that. I was just going too hard. And so I came up with Put Your Ballads On. You know, and I said, man, I'm going to do Put Your Ballads On. And, and, and you know, I'm because everybody in the city love ballads. It's, it's got the second line feel to it. You know, I'm going to get a shout outs and, and Put Your Ballads On hit. And, of course, by the time they bought Put Your Ballads On, they flipped it over and they heard Nasty Bitch. And that's what it was. And, and to this very day, Nasty Bitch, Put Your Ballads On, Pop That Thing, been going strong. So even though I was performing Nasty Bitch first, professionally, career-wise, it was Put Your Ballads On and Nasty Bitch at the same time. Okay. And then Pop That Thing. So when did you first... Get your ballads. Ever since you didn't have them when you first... Yeah, yeah, man. I, I first got my ballads, man, when, when I first started cashing them hip-hop checks from, from doing those shows. You know, I, I made it a point because, you know, I was... You know, it, it got to the point where I had partners. I was like, man, let me use your ballads, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, a lot of times they ballads had 100,000 miles on them already. And, and ballads ain't meant for nothing but for about 30 miles, maybe. You know what I'm saying? And so I want you to, like, explain... And how a pair of baddies look, and they got 100,000 miles on Oh, them. man, the front be booted up. You know, they, they be leaning to the side on the hill. You know, it's you know it's because it's like ballads. That, that, that's an expensive, that's a luxury item. And it's like it's, they're not meant for hard usage. You know, you buy this soft leather, and they're meant to purchase, wear them, at least to me. And you wear them, I don't know, five, six times before they start looking worn. So they would really... Ballers exclusives, to be honest with you. And so, you know, if you had a pair of ballers on, it, it was known that you was doing your thing. Gotcha. So, being from, like, Marrero, West Bank and all, how hard was it to push your song in New Orleans where, like, you know, New Orleans didn't really respect the West Bank? Right. Well, yeah, I used to always say that. You know, I had friends from the East Bank. Oh, y'all West Bank niggas, y'all blah, blah, blah. So, you know, by me doing the gong shows, Really, I had already broke the ice. But when I did Put Your Ballads On, I was like, man, I got to figure out a way to crack the East Bank. So when Ice Mike was bumping that track, it had that second line feel to it. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a rock out. I'm a, what else could I do to make this song more marketable in New Orleans as a whole? And um, I said, ballads. So I'm going to make it a chant and I'm going to make it party oriented. You know, and, and bam, we dropped it. And, you know, I don't know, it took a couple of weeks for it to really catch once it got on the radio. But once it did, we banged out. Gotcha. So, answer this question. Like, who was the first East Bank artist to actually, um, actually, um, like, embrace you 
over there. Damn. All right. Let me think on that one. Um. Hold on. Let me think, man. Because that, that's hard to tell because I already had a lot of respect among the artists in, in Orleans Parish. You know what I'm saying? I, I really did because I used to. I used to I used to do shows with Rockers Revenge with with Howard with DJ HC. He, I mean he he's from the Nine Ward, and you know really when you want to talk about the artists who embraced me from the East Bank, it was actually before hip hop. Come to think about it, it was like you know Phil Do, um, Notorious Nate. Um, th these were active guys who were you know performing and doing shows and rocking it, and um. You know, just artists like Gregory D. Gregory D. You know, I, I was Shout cool. Out Gregory D. Yeah, I was cool with Greg Sporty, um, um, Baby T, DJ Lil Daddy from the Ninja Crew. You know, so I was already embraced on the East Bank. My thing was breaking into the market. Right. That was different. But in terms of the hip hop community, Tanya P. You know, all of these people had embraced me already, and and they respected my talent as, as I respected theirs. So yeah, so my whole thing was. When I was performing in the gong shows, the people, you know, on the East Bank, they, they already respected me, but I had to break out mainstream status with them. And I did that with Put Your Ballads On and, and of course, Q93, you know, playing it. Okay, so like, you know, a lot of artists don't really understand like the business side of it. How was it possible like for your song to actually get on Q93? Like, did y'all have to pay? Did they actually pick the song up? Like, well, that was the interesting thing, man. We we were, you know, when Courtney put us out and we did our thing, we were so early in the game that the radio station wasn't political, at least not with us. You had, you know, David D up there, and um, and and man, it, it was like it was pure back then. They heard the record. I remember Karen Cartella. You know, they they heard the record and they liked it, and they said, "Put it on." It wasn't like. Okay, we like your record, but um, you know, I you know how you much you got, <laughs> right? They, yeah, I mean, they not putting artists on yeah. right now. No, 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 it's a lot more political. So yeah. you know, I, I I attribute that as well to to our rise because the radio, at least in terms of hip hop, it wasn't it wasn't political at that time. It was like even the people who worked in the radio stations, they they loved hip hop and they wanted to see. Real hip hop win. Right. Okay. I gotcha. So, I want to know how this song came about. Like, you know, like, was you in the bed? Or like, two women? And like, was you watching porn? Like, how did you make Nasty Bitch? Well, <laughs> Nasty Bitch was Nasty Bitch was a trip because, yeah, it was a little bit of all of that. But I, but see, I've always been the type of artist. I, I like to be able to switch it up for different audiences. I've never been like a one-trick pony with it. So when I did Nasty Bitch, you know, I, I actually went and sat in a couple of gong shows and didn't perform. And I thought to myself, okay, this is more like an amateur night at the Apollo crowd. This is an older crowd. They don't like hip-hop. So what I need to do is bring that comedy to them and also that shock value. You know, if you could combine shock value with with humor, you can't lose. Right. And so that's when I came up with Nasty Bitch. I already had the hook floating around. I hate because I always keep like four or five notebooks filled with ideas. 
So, you know, I'm turning in pages and all of this kind of shit, and I zeroed in on that. So, Nasty Bitch was actually a work in progress, because at, at first it was a, I don't know, maybe maybe five, six, maybe five years before Nasty Bitch, I used to perform the song, you know, it was called High Twat Bridget. You know, it was it was humorous. It rocked every crowd. I performed it on the Push It Tour with Salt and Pepper. I, I performed it on tour with Dougie Fresh. I performed it on tour with Two Live. You know, as an amateur, and so I knew that verse is gonna work. So I found the hook. After I felt out the Gong Show crowd, I found the hook, and then I added two more verses to it. And of course, I ended it with with that with that Bismarck key piece because I knew. You know, that was going to rock the crowd. That's it. And, and every time I perform that song in the gong shows, man, I, I won. I mean, maybe not first place every night, but pockets wise. You won. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, with the tips, five, six, seven hundred dollars. You know, that that's how I met Courtney. You know, I had performed the song. I performed Nasty Bitch. And, and he gave me like, you know, a hundred dollars or something, a hundred plus for the tip. And so after the after the show. He approached me and he said, hey, I want you to, to perform that song at, at, a, at a club I'm opening. I was like, man, forget that club, man. Let, let's put out a record. And then he smiled. He was like, what record? I was like, the one you just paid me all that money for. Bam. Courtney jumped on it. You know, he a businessman. He don't be waiting. We in the studio before you know it in Dallas, Texas, getting it in. That was real. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you been traveling, huh, Courtney? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. No doubt. <laughs> Basically, I got this question for you. Like, um, after you know, putting out like you know, put put your ballads on. Yeah, you already had nasty bitch. Like, like um, did you get signed to one on a like, record label? Well, or your song just went like mainstream. Well, the song the the song took off. Cause see, what was I don't know about now, but at that time, Q ninety three could broadcast to Baton Rouge, and sometimes, from what I understand, on a clear day, damn near the Lafayette. So we had such a such a large, you know, piece of, you know, of, of landscape to deal with. So, you know, instantly we out there doing shows. We out there doing shows. And so the BRE convention came to town, which was an annual thing. And um and and and, and bust down was popping at the time. And so all of the labels were inquiring. And of course Luke, you know, he was like, you know, damn, he got nasty bitch. We on that band in the USA shit, you know. Let's uh, let's talk to Bus and let's see what we could work out. And 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 the day after the BRE convention, you know, bam, I'm you know having breakfast with Luke, Uncle working Luke? on the deal. Yeah, I, I don't know about Uncle. But <laughs> <laughs> we got history. I don't know. You, you know can't what call Uncle Luke, huh? He wasn't Uncle Luke then, huh? <laughs> Like he, he Uncle Luke, but but you know with Bus now that, that that's, it, that's Luther Campbell. You heard me? But it only makes sense <laughs> for y'all to work together. And because of the type of and because of the type of music he was making already. Right, right, exactly. They was they was on that, that wild X-rated shit and, and that was nasty bitch. So when I hit the tour, when I hit the road with him, you know, it was a perfect fit. You know, between two live, Luke's solo album, you know, Bust Down Poison Clan, you know, it was a perfect fit. And we, we had a lot of fun rocking those shows. Okay. Speaking of all these, you know, like hip hop legends, let's speak on somebody. I'm like from a railroad. All right. Like MC Thick. Like, like, what was y'all relationship? Did y'all ever make music together, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. Well, MC Thick, man, that's my dude, man. You know, um, before hip hop, man. Well, I won't say before. Be, before we were professional, 
man, I, I remember MC Thick and I, man, we were at school and he would he 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 was a very smart person and he had the greatest English accent, like he was from England. So he'd be talking like he from England, but he'd be saying all this ghetto ass shit. He used to be funny like a motherfucker, man. So but anyway, man, we um we we were a rap group at one point called Thick and Thin. You know, I know that sound corny, but that was by design. I, that was always my thing. Let, I, let's make everybody underestimate us. So when we rock that bitch, it's going to be that much more fire. So we were thick and thin. And so, of course, when it was over with, I went back to Buzz Down. But he went ahead and held on to the name MC Thick. We even um, collaborated on a song that was called Marrero. And we came up with, with the hook. And so by that time, I was doing my thing. And he he was like we we shook on it. He was like, man, I, I, that hook we came up with, I, I want to use it. And I was like, well, do your thing. And 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 the rest is history with that. And, you know, he went on to do his thing with with that song, Marrero. Speaking on that song, Marrero, you know, and we gotta speak on it because sure. you know, it was a song that went like like national, right? Right. Yeah. It did. And like, I want to know how the other people from the West Bank felt. Like, you know. Harvey, Gretna, Algez when it first like really boomed. Well, I like I did I didn't hear about no smoke from it from from the things he said, but I would not be surprised if 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 people did say some things because he 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 made a couple of devices. <laughs> <laughs> he made some divisive comments. He he did, but you know for the most part it, it was love, and um you know and what was interesting was was outside of the city outside of the state to, to see it take off like that and um you know because kind of like what nwa did for compton uh you know it that that's kind of like what mc thick did for morero you know I'd, I'd go out of town and people people would be like man what's up with morero 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 be like yeah 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 you know i give them what they want you know what I'm saying? Take a picture, <laughs> yeah 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 so you know it was cool man he 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 put he put morero on the map have he you did. ever been to one of his shows Oh yeah, so man. so like, how was it like him second Marrero on the East Bank? Cause like, I just wanna. Nah, I, 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 wanna I, ain't, feel, I ain't go to none of those. I, must, I wanna feel. I wanna <laughs> feel like like. I like, ain't go to none feel. of those, but I, I I never he never told me about getting junked or nothing like that. Right. I'm gonna be honest, man. People loved the song. They right. loved the storytelling because the story that he told was the story of of every hood right. that that's going through the struggle. You know, so. They they didn't trip on him. They wasn't like oh, he even named the police name. He did. <laughs> he did. That he was tripping on. That was, you know that was you know. Do you think? And he made him popular. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. So yeah, MC Thick, man. He he laid it down. He did. He he was like a street reporter. Right. Okay. So, like, tell us what do you enjoy most about being in the music industry, and tell us what do you actually, I mean, hate about being in, being in the music industry. Well, I won't say I hate, but it, it's it's one of the things I dislike about it. You know, if 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 somebody could get over on you, they will. But that's just like with any business, right? You know, so I would just encourage any artist, you know, to um, you know, cross your T's, dot your I's, um, get an entertainment lawyer involved because you know I'll be honest with you, I don't like to talk about this all the time because I don't, I don't really like to. You know, going to the whole idea of somebody getting over on me. I'd rather, you know, sing my victory song, you know. But, um, you know, one of the things with me, the mistake I made is I went in as a rapper. You know, I wasn't really focused on on the business. I was just focused on rocking that crowd. 
and, and getting that reaction, getting that response, being being the tops, right. you know. And and at the end of the day, you know, it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. But um, you know, so just you know, handle your business. And um, but what I do love about it is that I mean, I haven't been in the in the music industry making a living for for a very long time. But um, cause I mean, as soon as shit started going wrong. You know, I, I you know I just went ahead and went back to school right quick. But um, what I do like about it is, man, I put out a song in 1990 or 1991. It's it's 2023. Last night I rocked the concert. Everybody knew the words. You know, so I get to be king for a day. Right. The crazy part, I'm like, dang, I'm 35. I'm like, I don't even know what bust down look like. <laughs> hey, but my grandma stand where I roll it down. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that it was it's dope. Like I saw like everybody reaction to different things like that. So yes. I want to give you, uh, I'm like your flowers here while you can still smell them because people don't get a chance to actually tell a story. Yeah, I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that. But I'm gonna tell you, man. You know, somebody else was telling me that you know I want to give you your flowers and I appreciate that. But I'm gonna be honest with you, man. You know when when I came out, boy, the, the city of New Orleans gave me my flowers at that time. I ain't gonna lie to you, you know. It was like and it seemed like back in the day, like like at the city, actually supported artists. Man, like now it's like they just look at you like they don't give a damn who you is. <laughs> see that? See that's my thing with a lot of new artists these days. See, I'm old school. If if the crowd not bucking, I didn't do my job. Right. So I see a lot of artists, and 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 the crowd is just sitting there like. But then when you talk to the crowd, they say we liked them. Right. But but that's, I just saw that because like I was watching online. I'm like the um, I was the Lil Wayne show, and I'm like, the, I'm like, damn, the people that even, and the people that jumping with fucking Drake, I'm like, Drake, the biggest artist out, like so. that don't sit well with me. That's crazy. I go out there, <laughs> right, right. I go out there. My job. I remember Joe Black asked me this, man, and nobody had ever asked me this question before, and I never even thought of it, but he asked me. We were working on a song, and 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 and, and the answer I gave him applies to shows too. He said, "Buzz now." So when you when you writing your song. What are you trying to do? And he said, Joe Black said, what I'm trying to do is, is this and let them know this and let them know this. And he asked me, so what are you trying to do? And, and no one had ever asked me. I answered, man, I want the people to love me. That's it. Bust down rocking the house. That's what I do. I'm here to rock this bitch. For real. I'm here to give you your money's worth. You know? And, and I'm competitive. I mean, it ain't nothing personal. You know, I, I, I got good relationships even with, with, with Tim Smooth and MC Thick, I love those guys. But when we did shows, we were trying to win. That's it. We trying to get the MVP of the night. We want the people to carry one of us out on their shoulders, preferably me. This nigga bust down. I don't want the people to say at a show, after a show, bust down is, 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 is good or great. Or I want them to say, that's my nigga. For real. That, that's how I'm coming with it. So that's how I approach every concert. You know, now sometimes it might not work out the way you want it to. You know, that's that's just, if, if to me, if you never had a rough night in the entertainment business, you ain't did enough shows. <laughs> right. You know, that's, that's just <laughs> what it is. <laughs> that's just what it is. But you go out there and, and, and you, you go out on a limb and, and you do your thing to win the hearts of the people. That's what it is to me. And so speaking on, you know, MC Thick. Tim Smooth, like, do you think because y'all was coming from the West Bank, y'all just had, I'm like, more to prove? Definitely. Yeah, and, and, and that's what, 
That's what made us stronger. That's what made us more complete. Because we were like, you know, we already coming from a deficit from 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 another person's perspective. Right. So we we can't just be good. We got to be outstanding. And and that's exactly how we was coming when we went into that studio. Right. Because I noticed every artist who made it anywhere close to mainstream from Morero made like like made at their point like we from Morero, right? Like from Chopper to Baby Boy to whoever made it right. any close. Like I gotta right. let you know, I'm from Morero. Right, right. That's what it is. But to be honest, in hip hop, that's what it is. Where you from? That's 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 what that's what you represent. You know, that's where your people from. That's where you that's where you you you, you fell in love at. That's where you you know you got your virgin broke at. That's where you had your first fist fight. I'm that's asking you this you, question, like from the '80s yes, to versus right. now. Yeah, from the '80s versus now. Do you think like why you think New Orleans don't still give Morero like they probably like because Morero like. Every, like every ten to fifteen years, came out with another artist. Like out of everybody, Morero stayed producing artists. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. To me, that's just a part of human nature. Cause when when you look at it, if you go to the East Bank, they 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 got their little internal beefs over there. You know what I'm saying? You know the ones that got it bad is Algiers. To be honest with you, because <laughs> you know on the East Bank they like man fuck them Algiers niggas. They're on the West Bank. But then on the West Bank, they like, fuck the Algiers nigga, that's Earlene's parish. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Algiers got it worse than anybody. Much love to Algiers. Like my I tell people, people from the fish. Yeah, like, my, like, 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 I got like, I'm like, my dad's side is all from the Fisher, and I always be like, it's crazy because the Fisher don't claim Algiers. They don't fuck with that. They claim Fisher. Right, like, everybody on the West Bank is country boys to them. Don't fuck with yeah, yeah. They, don't, they don't claim nothing else but the Fisher. Right, right. So it's like, like, that's even more. <laughs> right, man. I, I'll never forget, man. I did a show at this club, um, Unfadable, that was right by the Fisher. Yeah. And I had never done a show in that area. And you know, my people from the Fisher. And, um, I did the show, man. I'll never forget the crowd response, man. It was just like over the top love, man. It was like I could do no wrong. It was like I could have forgot the lyrics on the song. And, and the picture was showing me love. They'd have sang it for me, bro. It was like really beautiful, bro. And, I, and so at, after the show the next day, I called up my moms because she from the Fisher. I was like, your hood just showed me so much love. <laughs> And she was like, oh, really? You know, it, it was beautiful, bro. It really was. Okay. So, um, tell us, I'm like, what's next for you? Man, what's next for me, man? I'm going to be honest with you, bro. You know, I'm, I'm a career man. You know, I've I, I, you know, I've been in my career since 2001. You know, that's my meat and potatoes. Hip-hop is my bread and butter. You know, and I like it like that because it's, it's hip-hop right now for me is where it was when Courtney and I first met. It's fun. It's, I'm not sitting there making no song saying I gotta make a I gotta sell so I could eat. I, I gotta make sure I do this. I gotta make I gotta. It's not like that. It's back fun again. So I'm at my most creative right now. And with this internet shit going on, man, you you know the sky's the limit. You know because you know I've really been tiptoeing into this internet thing, this social media thing. I'm on Facebook, but I was talking to DJ Precise the other day, and he was like, "Bust down." Bust down, if you got on IG, the sky's the limit for you. So I'm old school, I'm 52, I'm gonna get on, I'm gonna try to get on <laughs> IG sometime to, this week. Have you got your kids to do it for yeah, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Shouts out, <laughs> shouts out the river, for real. 
<laughs> All right, and also last but not least, tell everybody. I'm like, I'm like, what can you find on social media? Just everywhere. The only place you can find me right now is is on Facebook. I'm not on IG right now, but if you pull up Bus Now on Facebook, you know you give me a holler. I'm gonna try to get back at you. I'm a working man, so when I get off from work, I, I gotta I gotta get my scotch. After that, I'm a, but I'm on Facebook. I'm gonna be on IG in in about a week. But on some real shit, if you wanna, you know, get the bus down experience, you wanna see what it is, you wanna see me rock the house, you wanna see me get down, get down, you come to the concerts and I'm gonna give you what you're paying for, trust me. That that's how the old school do it. True school, you know what I'm talking about? For in, real. In the upcoming documentary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, listen, see, I can't. I look at we. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. You know, my memory not what it used to be. <laughs> but me, look, Courtney and I, man, we just finished collaborating on something, man. We gonna come out with a documentary, and we gonna. Because to be honest with you, man, what you saying is some real shit. A lot of people seem like they have amnesia or convenient amnesia about you know when the West Bank did it. You know, and I'm not trying to knock anybody else. I'm just saying, you know, we we. You know the the recognition is is we we deserve that for Definitely. for because you know people don't know this but but Bust Down is the first rapper from not only New Orleans but from Louisiana to to damn near go platinum if if I didn't the the numbers are are you know you, the numbers are are kind of hard to prove because Luke and them you know is 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 some legality shit you know <laughs> but you know but definitely go. So, you know, the first, you know, don't get me wrong. Gregory D got a deal and Warren Mays had a deal. I think Warren had, had a deal with Atlantic or something like that. But, and, and I love them. I do. I, I'm inspired by them. But Buzz Down is the first one to, to truly bang out on the national scale. You know, um, you know, doing shows in D.C., doing shows in, in, in Texas, Florida, you know, Detroit, you know, pack houses. You know, people don't know that. But in fact, um, Gangsta Boo just passed. And um, I went ahead and gave her a shout out on Facebook. People don't know, man, she remixed Nasty Bitch. She did Nasty Trick, you know. So Nasty Bitch was, was popping in Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, did you get paid for it? Well, yeah, you know, she, she, went, <laughs> she went through the proper yeah. channels. Said, yeah. but, but, but the whole thing was, you know, who got really paid for it was the ones who owned the, the you, yeah 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 so if you know I, I I messed up with butt. that. I was your business went on like fully right. No, but the beautiful thing was yeah they they got over on me, but man it, I I had a victory moment about about two or three months ago. Man, I called Lil Joe Records, all in to give me my money. Blah blah blah. I call that man and say how much, how much for the masters, man. I'm I'm not I'm I'm, I'm not showing up begging for shit. I ain't showing up. You know, telling you you wrong. I'm showing up with 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 that bankroll. But you need your masters. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm trying to work that out with him. I'm gonna talk to Courtney about that because he definitely got a yeah. stake in that as well. Yeah. And and so so does Ice Mike. And I'm gonna try to make 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 this shit right. You know, when it's all said and done. Cause cause to be honest, right now, the album, you know, it's still generating money. You know that that nasty bitch look like it's gonna live forever. You know, and, and we, yeah, yeah, we, we, we deserve to be compensated for that. And so, you know, we, that, that's in the works.